Radio. Sin, Repentance, Freedom. A talk by Mark Nemo at the Immaculata Mission School 2017, held at the Launceston Church Grammar School in Tasmania. And I think I get, I get, I get Pope Francis when he says to the priest, he says, go out, get out of your rectories and uh, be amongst the sheep. And uh, don't be afraid to smell like the sheep. <laughs> so I know, I know the archbishop is hanging around us and sooner or later he'll start smelling like us. <laughs> he'll start smelling like the sheep. That's, that's what Jesus did, you know, as the good shepherd. You know, you know what I'm saying? He came, he laid down his life, you know, for the sheep. So thank you so much, archbishop. I need to find time to have a one-on-one time with the archbishop so that uh, he can bless me. And uh, have some conversations with him. Okay, we want to get right to, to the talk. Eh? So much is happening here. You, you, many of you might think that probably I, uh, I am giving so much that you are receiving. But you never know. You know, I'm receiving so much from you too. I mean, I've met some wonderful people here. I sitting at table. I didn't even know sister uh, had six siblings. Yeah. Uh, you, you have seven siblings? No. <laughs> or oh, she got corrected by it. <laughs> okay. So there are seven in their family. Amazing. You know, I said, look at that. And then I met the Polish sisters. Yeah. The three of them. Wonderful people. So, you know, this is what it is. You know, get to meet people at table when you're playing basketball, Right? Yeah, when you're running around, when you're having a snack. Because that's how you get to meet God. You get to meet God in God's people. And great things happen when God mixes with man and woman. Yeah, there used to be a song we, 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 we would sing. Great things happen when God mixes with man. Great things happen. Yeah. That's what happens. Great things happen when God mixes with men and women. Great and beautiful, wonderful things. Great things happen when God mixes with man. That's what God did through the incarnation. You remember what happened when Jesus came? Yeah? Yeah, God mixed with us. God came amongst us like one of us. So it's very, very important, you know, get to meet people, get to meet people. Hmm? This morning I was woken up from bed. You know, sometimes I wake up and I have some inspirations, right? And I felt like God wanted me to just make these opening remarks, okay, before we get started. Do you know that nobody is born a Christian? Uh, This is going to shock you. Yeah. I'm not the only one saying it, but Pope Benedict XVI said that too. Nobody's born a Christian. We become Christians. So for, for some of us, sometimes we think, oh, my parents are Catholic. My grandma was Catholic. My great-grandparents were Catholic. Therefore, I'm Catholic. No. <laughs> you become You become Catholic. You become Christian. Very, very important. Hmm? I was baptized into the Catholic faith and all that. Therefore, I'm. I'm... No, faith is a gift. Hello. Thank you. Faith is a gift. 
Faith is a gift from God that helps us to believe and trust in him. Hmm? So it's a gift that comes from you, but until you receive that gift, it doesn't remain yours. So all we're trying to do in this mission school, through the talks, through the worship, through the Eucharist, everything, interaction, sitting at breakfast with my Polish sisters, you know, you know, great things happening. Through all these interactions, what is happening is we are opening ourselves up to God's love. Hmm? We're opening ourselves up to God's grace, to God's mercy. That's what it is about. And we are receiving, we are receiving. We just received the Lord in the Eucharist, isn't it? Do you believe that Jesus has come to dwell in you? Right now. Right now, baby. Man, now, if Jesus is dwelling in you, he comes with the presence and the power of the Father. And the Holy Spirit. You remember I spoke to you about the Trinity. So you're different. When you step out there into the world you go. You're different. You're not the same as you came. This is what it's about. And it's because you've received that gift. And you open yourself up to to this grace of God. Otherwise we become what, what Pope, Pope, you know, Pope, I like Pope, Pope, Pope Benedict XVI. He, sometimes we have what we call baptized pagans. And in the Western world, we are having a lot of that. They have a name hmm, upon their lives. I'm Catholic. I was baptized. But they are pagans. Do you understand what I'm saying? Pope Benedict also calls it, he says, it's a new form of atheism. Who is an atheist? Who, tell, me, tell, tell me, who is an atheist? Someone that doesn't believe. That doesn't believe in God, right? He says this new form of atheism is like this. I will explain it to you. He says, people will not come out to say, I don't believe in God. All of you, how many of you believe in God? Aha, uh-huh, thank you. Otherwise, you wouldn't even be here. But he says this new form of atheism is like this. He says, they wouldn't say they don't believe in God. But the way they live points to the fact that they don't even believe in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's like a disconnect. Hmm? A disconnect with the faith they profess to believe in and the way they live. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you heard my testimony, right? It's the same thing. I was in church on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I lived like a jerk. That's what, that's what it's about. My faith never informed how I lived. Hmm? And there are people, you hear it. My faith is different. Okay? And then how I live too is different. Don't come and impose on me your, your beliefs. The church can't tell me how I live in my bedroom. Okay? That means the area of my sexuality is out of limits. Kind of like what I do with my sexuality has nothing to do with my faith. You understand what I'm saying? It's a new form of atheism. He wouldn't say I don't believe. But the way he lives or she lives points to the fact that she doesn't believe in God. That's why I said from the beginning... We become Christian. 
We are not born Christian. Hello. Am I preaching to somebody? (laughs) So what does it mean to really become Christian? Hmm? It's somebody who has accepted God's love for him or her personally. You remember what I told you yesterday? (laughs) God loves you. And he loves you personally. God loves you and I personally. In fact, if this sounds too theological for you, let me put it in street language. God is crazy about you, baby. God is madly in love with you. This is, this is the kind of love God has for us. And he's passionate about this love such that he pursues us. Do you know what it means to pursue Is, is my accent okay? You understand? Pursuing. It's like the greyhound. Have you seen the greyhound? That type of dog. In America, we have greyhound buses. And you see the greyhound dog by the bus. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. There's a guy called Francis Thompson. He has a poem that, that, that's entitled, The Hound of Heaven. God is like the hound of heaven. He pursues us with crazy love. Because he says, I'm in love with you, baby. Yeah. And I tell young people always, you can run away to Timbuktu. You know where Timbuktu is? In Africa. Or you can run away to Alaska. Wherever you go, you know, God's going to get you. He's going to get you. Because he's got like a GPS. He's got like a GPS that says, turn around. Turn around. You know that lady that speaks on the GPS? Do you guys have GPS in Australia? Yeah. Turn around when possible. Recalculating. So for some of us, during this mission school, it's like we are recalculating. Because the hound of heaven is pursuing us. That's love. In spite of all our mess, he still pursues us. He's not a good God. He doesn't throw us away. That's why the scripture is saying John 3, 16. Have, have, you, have, have you taken the Bibles? You remember John 3, 16? What does it say? For God so what? Loved. So loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him will not what? So faith has a lot to do with what? You taking a step and believing and receiving that gift. But have eternal life. That's the first thing about faith. God is crazy about. And and the second says, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew, uh, 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 Romans 5, 8. Isn't that amazing? That God didn't have to wait for us to get our act together. Did did God wait for me to get my act together? Hmm? You heard my story. He came to me anyway. Because he had been knocking at the door of my heart. That's love. That's love. And God, I always tell young people this. That you know, in America there's this saying, don't just talk the talk. Do you have it in in Australia too? What you got to do? You got to walk the walk. We serve a God who just doesn't talk the talk, but he what? 
He walks the walk. And this is it. That's Jesus. That's his, his word of love to us. He says, I love you. This is a statement. And this is the extent to which I will go to tell you I love you. That I would even what? Give up my, my precious gift, the gift of my son. He didn't wait for us. Remember that. But he says what? Even while we were still sinners, Christ did what? What did Christ do? He died for us. Romans 5, 8. That's so key. That's so key. Hmm? So, so, so this is very important. And when you, when you begin to understand this, the love of God shown by the Father hmm, through the death of Jesus. And it's not only the death of Jesus, but the rising to new life of Jesus. It's a whole package, baby. It's a whole package. And that's what Pope Benedict says. Christianity is not an idea or a philosophy. Instead, what? It's an encounter with an event. In theology, we call it the Pascal mystery. Hmm? You understand what I'm saying? And that's what we celebrated at Mass. The death, the rising of Jesus. The ascension of Jesus. What happens is that in this, our sins are not only taken away, but we are given new life. Somebody say new life. So Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse 17, right? He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new what? Creation. The old is what? Gone. The new has come. This is all the work of God. Who through Christ has reconciled us to himself. We'll be speaking about repentance and reconciliation. That's why I want you to grasp this. This is the message the early church preached. It's called the kerygma. Come on, let me teach you some Greek. Say kerygma. kerygma. Yeah, kerygma. That's the core gospel message. The core gospel message. Right? So through, through the death of Jesus, our sins are taken away. But through the rising of Jesus as well, what happens is that we are given what? What are we given? Say it after me. New life. New life. I told you the meaning of catechism. Right? The word catechism means to echo. To echo the faith. Hmm? So we receive new life. Paul says we are a new creation. You see, when we speak about new creation, there are some of us who think, oh, it's only just an improved life. You know? I want to, I want to be better. I want to just, just be of good behavior. Wrong. Like Donald Trump will say, wrong. <laughs> wrong. It's not just an improvement program. Hmm? Like the self-help people will, will try to propose. Like, like oh, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing too well last year. Therefore, this year, I will improve my grades. No. A new creation is a new creation. We were dead. We were dead in our transgressions. But now we are what? Alive. We were lost. Lost in sin. But now we've been what? Found. We were enemies of God. But now he has made us what? Friends. 
new creation. And we need to hear that. I'm hoping that I'm disturbing you this morning, baby. That some foundations of the faith that we need to grasp is taking place today. This is very foundational. So Jesus comes and he dies. He rises again. And that's not the end of the story. He says, I will ascend, right? And then I will pour out my Holy Spirit. Right? And you will receive what? Power. Power. The word is dunamis in Greek. Where you get the word dynamite from. Right? Do you know dynamite? What is, what's the dynamite? It's an explosive. Yeah, we have, we have Australian companies in Ghana mining gold. Did I tell you that? Oh, some of your people are taking gold from Ghana. <laughs> yeah. And in the gold mines, what do they come? They come with explosives. It shatters rocks. Boom, 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 boom. That's dynamite. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and my heart, we're given what? Power. Power to overcome sin. Power to what? Forgive. Power to live as children of God. Not as dead people. But people who have been raised back to life with Christ. And you know what? That's the good news. We are seated in higher places with Jesus. You're looking at me. You think uh, this is Mark. He comes from Ghana. He lives in Chicago. He's speaking to us now in Tasmania. You're looking at me. You know where I am seated now? Hmm? When Jesus died and ascended and was seated at the right hand of the Father, he took each one of us. What does Hebrews tell us? He forever lives to what? Make intercession for us. And in Ephesians, he says, when he was raised, he took us with himself. So we are seated with him in higher places. If you know this truth, you walk with confidence. Because you know that it is no longer I who live, but who? Christ who lives in me. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. St. Paul grasped that truth so powerfully. And this is the truth I think we need to grasp. When you grasp this truth, then you become a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Then you understand that what? You got victory. You are not a victim, but you are more than what? A conqueror in Christ. Does that make sense to you? Have I preached to you this morning? I hope you are receiving. Hmm? And we need to hear this so that we go back different. I'm Catholic. I'm a Christian. Not because I was born one. I became one. By accepting all these gifts and these riches of our faith. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now to the topic. (laughs) These were just introductory remarks. Are you with me? Okay. So they, they told me to speak to you about repentance. Okay. Repentance. Now. When, when you hear the word repentance, I don't want to take anything for granted. Because some of you are sitting there, what? 
repentance, what is that word? I can't even spell it. Hmm? There are some of you who are going, I can't even spell it. Because it sounds too theological, repentance. (laughs) I heard a story once of of a guy who was in a mission school. This guy had lived on the streets, right? He had been in jail and stuff. And Jesus touched his life when some young people went and preached. So he came to a mission school. And this guy was teaching about the, the crucifixion and what the death of Jesus did and everything. And people were really touched. Eh? So people were sitting quiet. People were sorry for their sins. And this guy was so new. Many of the terms they were using were so new to like crucifixion. I mean, the guy was living on the streets doing drugs. He doesn't know anything about So he raised his hand. And the teacher said, yes, what is it? He says, hey, please, what's the spelling of crucifixion? <laughs> I mean, he had no clue what was going on, right? It's the same. I'm sure there are some of you going, repentance? How do you spell repentance? What is it? Jesus Christ used this word in his preaching. So Jesus spoke about repentance. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. He said what? Hmm? The time... Huh? This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is what? At hand. Repent and believe the good news. Everybody say after me. Repent and believe the good news. Okay. So that's Mark chapter 1 verse 15. What did Jesus really mean by this? And then John the Baptist, whom Archbishop spoke beautifully about. John the Baptist also came and he used this word repentance you remember he was a voice crying in the wilderness eh? John, Matthew chapter 3 says in those days John the Baptist appeared uh, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is what at hand so John the Baptist also used this word what repent say it after be repent And so you're wondering, what what is this word repent and repentance? And he went on further. When people were coming to be baptized, right? Then the Pharisees showed up and the scribes. You know, John, John the Baptist was fiery. He went, you brood of vipers. He called them brood of vipers. Hmm? Who has told you to flee from the coming wrath? He says, give me a sign that befits repentance. So if you say you've repented, there must be fruit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So so what is repentance? Repentance is not just being sorry. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sorry. I feel bad that I... No, 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 no. What are you doing about feeling bad? That's what John the Baptist told them. So give me a fruit that what befits repentance. Let's get into a little bit of Greek. So the word repentance in Greek is metanoia. I, I, I told you yesterday, yeah? say metanoia. metanoia. Metanoia, metanoia, metanoia. It sounds really, okay? Nous in Greek means the, 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 the mind, okay? To think. So meta is the prefix which means to change. So to change the way you think, which leads to a change in your attitudes and your actions. You understanding me? So that's what repentance is. But what do we repent from? We repent from what? Say it. We repent from what? Sin. 
We repent from sin. So the idea is, it's like you're going in a certain direction. And then when you hear the word repent, you turn. Okay? So it's like you're going this way, in one direction. Like, like the GPS I told you about. Turn around. Turn around, if possible. Recalculating. So you're going, repent. <laughs> you understand the whole thing? So Jesus says, turn around. Move in a different direction. And it's not just about turning away from sin, but believing the good news. Turn and choose to believe the good news about your salvation. Now, what is sin? What is sin? And one of my professors in graduate school told us that sin is anything that does not lead to our flourishing as God's children. Okay? Anything that will not lead to our flourishing. Do you know, is my accent okay? You, you know what it means to flourish? To do well? Yeah. If, 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 if as God's children, we are not doing well, God is not happy. And that's sin. So anything that does not lead to the flourishing of God's children and God's creation is sin. That, does that help you understand that? So we need to turn away from those things that don't lead to our flourishing. Because God wants us to be happy. Haven't we said that again and again? He wants us to be happy so that we can reveal his glory. So I don't want you to think about this whole talk on repentance as something heavy coming down like, hey, turn or burn. You know what I'm saying? Hmm? I'm not here to preach a fire and brimstone gospel. No, no. Like, turn away from your sins. Otherwise, you will burn in hell. No, 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 no. That's not my God. That's not my God. Because he's a consuming fire. Do you understand consuming fire? Hmm? Hmm? Okay. The gods of ancient eh, Greece, right? When they came and they consumed you, they consumed you totally. You, you were lost. But this God hmm, of Jesus Christ, when he consumes you, you don't burn up. He rather makes you shine. Okay? The typical example is, is go read Exodus chapter 3. You, been, you remember Moses before the burning bush? The bush was being burnt, but it wasn't what? Consumed. That's it. When he mixes with, you remember? Great things happen. When God mixes with man, when Jesus incarnated and became one like, he mixed with us without what? Destroying us. Because he wants our what? Our flourishing. Okay? So sin then is, is that inclination to choose to do it my way. That's sin. It's an inclination. It's not so much some actions you have done bad and all that. No. Is something that's within us. We are born with it. That's the Catholic understanding of sin. It's called original sin. It's an inclination hmm, to do it my way. Instead of what? God's way. So Psalm 51 verse 7. David knew it very well. He says, behold, I was born in what? Guilt. In sin was I conceived in my mother's what? Womb. So don't deceive yourself. 
I don't want anybody here to think, well, you know, I'm not a sinner. I've not done any bad things like Mark Nemo. <laughs> we are sinners not because we do bad things. We are sinners because we have the inclination to do it our way instead of God's way. That's why Paul says in Romans 3.23, what? All have sinned. Say it after me. All, All. have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So say this after me. I am a sinner. Did you hear Pope Francis say that? Did you hear Pope Francis say that? He says, I am a sinner. He goes to confession. Hmm? So I'm a sinner because I have that inclination. I want you to watch this. It's called the marshmallow test. Maybe you, you've watched it before. Okay? But let, let's, have, let's have them really shoot this forward. So you see this inclination at work. Hmm? We are preparing ourselves. Yeah, let it roll. Amen. Let's give a clap to the Lord. Amen. Yeah, friends, I mean, we watched this thing and we were laughing and all. But you know, we've all been there. We've all been, we can't wait. We can't wait. And that's the disease of our present culture. It's called instant gratification. I want it and I want it. Oh, come on. A lady in Chicago says, I want it and I want it yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait till marriage before what? You understand what I'm saying? I can't wait. I want to have it and I want to have it when? Yesterday. Thank you. And that's, that's the disease. You remember I told you about the disease? Huh? Gabriel Marcel, that philosopher. Hmm? The disease, the restlessness. And the saints grappled with the St. Augustine. He grappled with it. He grappled with it. He used to pray for chastity. Maybe you've heard this before, right? He used to say, Lord, make me chaste. I want to be pure. And then he said he would hear a voice telling him, not yet. Not yet. I want to be holy. I want to be, but not yet. Maybe you can have your last gig. And then you start to be holy. No! That's sin. That's the inclination within us. So, first letter of John, chapter 1, verse 9. Reading from verse 8. John says, if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar. Hmm? Each one of us, right from Pope Francis, he said, I'm a sinner. Did you hear that? To the baby born today. And John says, we make God a liar if we say we have no sin. But rather, if we acknowledge our sin and confess our sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is good news. Amen. Amen. This is good news. I think it was Pope Paul VI who, who said, the world seems to have lost the sense of sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? People out there, when you speak about sin, they go, what? What? Sin? No, this is just alternative lifestyle. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With, 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 with sugar-coated things, you know, 
we, we call it different names. Hmm? And we play with it. I have done it. But you see, the good news is God is not surprised by our sin. Does that, does that surprise you? God is not surprised by, us, by our sin. Because he actually put a plan in place to save us from our sin. That's Jesus. You remember Bishop explained it beautifully. Huh? Before he would be born, you remember the angel said his name will be what? Jesus. Because he will save his people from their... Yeah. So the name Yeshua, Yeshua, Yahweh saves. Yeshua, like Joshua. Hmm? Matthew 1.21. He will save his people from their sins. That's Jesus. And Jesus, what? Was called a friend of what? Sinners. That was his, one of his titles. Isn't that beautiful? He was called a friend of tax collectors, prostitutes. I'm sure some of you are going, what? Brother Mark, what did you say? Yeah. He was accused of being a friend of prostitutes. Tax collectors, sinners, hmm? drunkards. Do you remember the story of the, the woman caught right in the act of adultery? John chapter 8. Do you remember that? When the Pharisees dragged her into the presence of Jesus. Hmm? And they said, the law of Moses says, anybody caught like this ought to what? Be stoned to death. What do you say? I like Jesus. For many of the questions they asked him, he never answered. Yeah. Or he would ask you a question in return. But you see, you, you and I, we want answers because we want things fixed. And they wanted to trick Jesus. So this woman is publicly humiliated. Can you imagine this? Were they thinking about the humanity of this woman? The restoration of this woman? No. They wanted to prove their law. So Jesus starts to write in the sand. <laughs> eh? Some Bible commentaries say he probably was writing the sins of the Pharisees. <laughs> and he raises his head and he says, eh, he who has not committed any sin should throw the first stone. And he says, they started to drop their stones beginning from the eldest. <laughs> And they all went. And then he lifted his eyes and looked at the woman and said, where are your accusers? And the woman said, there is none. He says, neither do I condemn you. But what? Go. And what? Sin no more. So Jesus restored her. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus is not out to shame us. Like point a finger and say, you remember how our parents would shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. And many of us are sitting here. Friends, I'm not joking. I've, I've been doing this business for a while. Many young people I've met are work, and even older people with shame. It's called toxic shame. Toxic shame. A good sense of shame is good. Do you know what I'm saying? A good sense of guilt is good. That's the good sense of shame says, I know my limits. I am not God. <laughs> I am man. Okay? A good sense of shame says, I made a mistake. You understand what I'm saying? But toxic shame says, I am a mistake. 
toxic shame says, I am a mistake. And what Jesus came to do is to restore. Take away the shame that cripples us. That doesn't make us walk like children of God. So these Pharisees and scribes are out to get the woman because she committed a sexual sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? And for many of us, sometimes we are obsessed. We think the greatest sins are those sins about sex. Sex. Jesus was not hanged up with those things. You remember the, the woman at the well, the Samari- Samaritan woman? Jesus says, give me a drink. You want, what? You, a Jew, you want a drink from me? Jesus starts to converse with her and he says, go call me your husband. The woman was alone. You remember that? The woman says, I have no husband. He says, oh yes, rightly so. Because you've lived with five already. And even the sixth one you are living with is not your husband. (gasps) The woman goes, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. And then in the conversation, Jesus restores this woman. Are you understanding me? And the woman goes as an evangelist to the village of Samaria and tells them, come and meet this someone, this man. Could he be the Messiah? He told me everything I ever did. Isn't Jesus awesome? That's why I like Jesus. Yeah, that's why I love Jesus. Because he hates the sin, but he loves the what? He loves the sinner. Hmm? So, So the trouble that Jesus had with the Pharisees, and this is going to shock you. Listen to this. The trouble Jesus has with this is not so much with sin. With the acts we have committed. What Jesus hates is denial. When you live in denial and you're trying to rationalize and you're trying to refuse the truth in the face of all the evidence. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what the Pharisees did. They tried to rationalize and live in denial. Jesus loved that woman who was committing adultery, right? But these guys... They were living in denial. And that's you and I. We like to rationalize. We like to blame. It wasn't my fault, you know. But Jesus is about restoration. Look at what the wisdom of Sirah hmm, tells us. Wisdom of Sirah 21. It says, my child, if you have sinned, what does it say? If you have sinned, do so no more. And for your past sins, pray for to be forgiven flee from sin as from a serpent that will bite you if you go uh, near it you you understand what i'm saying so this talk on repentance is about freedom say it after me freedom freedom Freedom. to go to confession is to be free are you understanding what i'm saying It's not to bind us with some kind of rules or stuff. It's for our freedom. That's why it's called reconciliation. Did you hear the word? Say it after me. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Can I teach you a little bit? You see, the Latin word for eyelashes is cilia. Say cilia. Cilia. Uh Concilia means with eyelashes. Have you heard the English expression... We, I see eye to eye with you. Okay. So we, we were eye to eye with God. Eyelash to eyelash. Friends of God. 
Sin makes us what? Turn our face from God. Are you with me? So reconciliation is to turn back and be eyelash to eyelash with God. Are you understanding me? That's what Paul was speaking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is all the work of God. We are a new creation who through Christ reconciled us back to God. And he has given us a ministry of reconciliation to go and tell people, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Be eyelash to eyelash. Isn't it cool? So it's about freedom. I'm bringing it to a conclusion because we need to start going to confession. <laughs> if you knew, if you knew the freedom you get from confession, you and I will run every month, every month, because it brings what freedom and liberation. Hmm? That's what Jesus said. He says, "You know what? That's what I came for. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bring what to preach good news." To the poor. Huh? Liberty to what? So that the oppressed may go what? Free. So if you and I are oppressed, something is not making us flourish, okay? Uh-huh, that's sin. We want to take that burden away, okay? So sin is like what? Sin is like baggage. Do you know baggage? Is my accent okay? If you're traveling on an airplane, and you have excess baggage. Guess what happens? You pay. You pay. What did you say? What do you do? You get weighed down, right? Yeah. You, you pay. In America, we have an airline called Southwest. Bags fly free. <laughs> yeah, for real. Southwest Airlines, your bags fly free. But many of us don't want that airline. We want airlines where we'll take excess baggage and then we pay for it. That's sin. Sin is like carrying excess baggage. So we will watch a short clip and then we'll hear testimony from one of our sisters and then we'll go for confession. I am done. <laughs> Amen? Okay. So let's watch, let's, let's, let's just watch this, uh, this clip. It's called Baggage by the Skit Guys. Okay? It's going to speak to us about the freedom we get you know, when we really confess our sins and, and let God take control. Praise God. Are you ready? That was Mark Nemo with Sin, Repentance, Freedom. For more from the Immaculata Mission School, visit cradio.org.au.